Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, March 19th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse, where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give, pick on the Navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Vayikra, and it means He called. Leviticus 1, 1 1-17 The Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron the priest will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. 
if the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock. It may be either a sheep or a goat, but it must be a male with no defects. Slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will splatter its blood against all sides of the altar. Then cut the animal in pieces, and the priests will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you present a bird as a burnt offering to the Lord, choose either a turtle dove or a young pigeon. The priest will take the bird to the altar, wring off its head, and burn it on the altar. But first he must drain its blood against the side of the altar. The priest must also remove the crop and the feathers and throw them in the ashes on the east side of the altar. Then, grasping the bird by its wings, the priest will tear the bird open, but without tearing it apart. Then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Luke three twenty three to 38 Yeshua was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. Yeshua was known as the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Heli. Heli was the son of Matat. Matat was the son of Levi. Levi was the son of Melchi. Melchi was the son of Janai. Janai was the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Mattathias. Mattathias was the son of Amos. Amos was the son of Nahum. Nahum was the son of Esli. Esli was the son of Nagai. Nagai was the son of Maeth. Maeth was the son of Mattathias. Mattathias was the son of Simon. Simon was the son of Josek. Joseph was the son of Joda. Joda was the son of Joannan. Joannan was the son of Risa. Risa was the son of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the son of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the son of Neri. Neri was the son of Melchi. Melchi was the son of Adai. Adai was the son of Kossum. Kossum was the son of Elmadam. Elmadam was the son of Ur. Ur was the son of Joshua. Joshua was the son of Eliezer. Eliezer was the son of Joram. Joram was the son of Matat. Matat was the son of Levi. Levi was the son of Simeon. Simeon was the son of Judah. Judah was the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jonam. Jonam was the son of Eliakim. Eliakim was the son of Melia. Melia was the son of Mena. Mena was the son of Matata. Matata was the son of Nathan. Nathan was the son of David. David was the son of Jesse. Jesse was the son of Obed. Obed was the son of Boaz. Boaz was the son of Salmon. Salmon was the son of Nashon. Nashon was the son of Aminadab. Aminadab was the son of Admin. Admin was the son of Arni. Arni was the son of Hezron. Hezron was the son of Perez. Perez was the son of Judah. Judah was the son of Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. Abraham was the son of Terah. Terah was the son of Nahor. Nahor was the son of Sarag. Sarag was the son of Ru. 
Ru was the son of Peleg. Peleg was the son of Eber. Eber was the son of Shelah. Shelah was the son of Canaan. Canaan was the son of Arphaxad. Arphaxad was the son of Shem. Shem was the son of Noah. Noah was the son of Lamech. Lamech was the son of Methuselah. Methuselah was the son of Enoch. Enoch was the son of Jared. Jared was the son of Mahalalel. Mahalalel was the son of Kenan. Kenan was the son of Enosh. Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. Psalm 62, 1-12 I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them I'm just a broken-down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. O my people, trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart to Him, for God is our refuge. Common people are as worthless as a puff of wind, and the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on the scales together, they are lighter than a breath of air. Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing, and if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Power, O God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, O Lord, is yours. Surely you can repay all people according to what they have done. Proverbs 11, 18 and 19 Evil people get rich for the moment, but the reward of the godly will last. Godly people find life. Evil people find death. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Leviticus chapter 1, and I want to share with you the introduction to the book from the Israel Bible. So in this introduction, this is what is written. Following the inspirational narrative of Genesis and the exciting stories of Exodus, it may appear at first glance that Leviticus fails to live up to the standards set by its two dramatic predecessors. The name Leviticus comes from Levi, the father of the priestly tribe, and much of its 27 chapters are devoted to describing the priestly rituals in great detail. Since most of these practices are not observed today, modern readers may have difficulty in finding practical significance to Leviticus and thus miss out on its eternal values. To be sure, it is possible to get lost in all the nuances of the various rituals and offerings described in Leviticus, but it is imperative that the reader not lose sight of the big picture. As we study the intricate details of the offerings, we discover that their overarching purpose is to bring the people closer to Hashem, 
through his earthly dwelling place, as it says, Make for me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. Exodus 25, 8. Leviticus's intricate details are necessary for us to bring God's presence into our lives in a very physical way by serving him in a very specific manner. The Mishkan, that is, the tabernacle of the wilderness, was a temporary edifice that paved the way for the temple, the Beit HaMikdash, in Jerusalem which served as the permanent structure for worshiping the God of Israel. Today, even though we don't have the Mishkan or the tabernacle to uplift us or the temple to pray in, Jerusalem remains mankind's special gateway between heaven and earth. Nowadays, our connection to Eretz Israel is still able to uplift our service to Hashem. By delving deeper into the meaning behind the Torah's ancient rituals and discovering their many fundamental truths, and by highlighting the role of Zion throughout the book of Leviticus, it is our hope that the Israel Bible will help us to fulfill the purpose of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, to bring God's presence into our lives. May our study of the Israel Bible infuse us with sanctity, as if we were bringing the offerings described in Leviticus, and prepare us for the day when the temple is rebuilt in Jerusalem and we are able to fully feel God's presence in this world. And then let's unpack verses 1 and 2. From this chapter, Hashem spoke to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, saying, Speak to Benai Israel and say to them, When any of you presents an offering of cattle to Hashem, he shall choose his offering from the herd or from the flock. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Leviticus describes the various offerings that were brought in to the Beit HaMikdash, the tabernacle, in great detail. The Hebrew term for offering is korban, and it comes from the word karov, meaning close, since the offerings are meant to bring people closer to the Eternal One. For this reason, the common English translation of korban, sacrifice, is insufficient, as it does not accurately portray the essence of the word. While the person bringing the offering might be giving something from his personal possessions, he gains much more than he gives. Now that we no longer have korbanat, prayer is the primary vehicle through which we come close to our Father in heaven. So I want to add to that and bring in um, the scripture from Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, where it is written, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here's the principle that we can apply in a practical way as we begin reading through the book of Leviticus. Every time we read about a different kind of a sacrifice that is to be brought to the altar, you are the sacrifice. We are the sacrifice. So whether it's a peace offering or a sin offering 
or whatever kind of an offering it is, you are literally, you're the offering unto God. And it's a consecration of saying, Lord, I give you all of my life, every aspect and every area, every segment of my life. Uh, I give you my family, my job, my career, my finances, where I live, what I do for a living, um, my relationships. I give all of it to you. Have your way. If you say, I want you to go live over here, I will do it. If you say, I want you to pursue this line of work, I will do it. If you say, I want you to serve this person over here, I will do it. Just show me your will and I will obey. I will say, yes, Lord, and I will do it. I will shema. So there may be times in our life when God calls us to do something, to move somewhere, to go do something that we don't want to do. Our flesh fights it. Our flesh says, no, I want to stay where I am. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I don't want to go do that thing over there. And then we are at a place of a fork in the road and we must decide, am I going to follow what God says or am I going to do my own thing? Am I going to follow my own will and what my own flesh wants and desires? Or am I going to yield and submit and follow the Spirit of God? And this can come up in a big way with a major decision and it can come up in a small way in small little things, small little uh, decisions throughout the day. But it's a continual offering up our life as a, as a sacrifice unto God, that we would be a pleasing aroma unto him. So that's something I want you to be thinking about as we read through the book of Leviticus, that as we read about these different sacrifices, which were an integral part of the uh, tabernacle worship, the tabernacle, which was the tent in the desert, and then later on, the temple worship in Jerusalem. But also keep in mind this. Not only are you the sacrifice, but one day there will be another third temple, a literal third temple in Jerusalem. And the whole temple... um, order of service will be reinstalled. It will be restored. And there will be temple services and there will be priests who have priestly duties in this temple. And it's going to have high praise and worship and prayer and it will have sacrifices. Once again, it will be restored. You can read about it in Ezekiel starting in chapter 40 all the way to the end of the book of Ezekiel. He describes in great detail this Uh, third temple that will come to Jerusalem. So Leviticus is all about worship. It's all about approaching the Lord. And Jerusalem is the place where he chose to place his name, the place where he chooses to return. When Yeshua returns, his feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives will split in two, and he will deal with all of Israel's enemies. And then he will install his 1,000-year rule and reign from Jerusalem. So now I'd like to uh, leave you with another beautiful worship song. 
coming from the worship team Solu, and this song is called Bamidbar, In the Desert. Enjoy.
ניצחון ממלחמה במדבר כל קורק על במדבר במדבר כל קורק על במדבר במדבר כל קורק על במדבר from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 